What's wrong? Nothing. You just you hit the mic and it was just funny. You look like an idiot. You should be embarrassed. Uh, I look fucking Guys. Uh, you, are you wearing makeup? You look beautiful. Me? Are you serious? No, I just put that on because I, I was like, my psych just always sees me. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, I'm doing fine. I'm fine right now. I care about my image. I'm not fully depressed. <laughs> <laughs> so good. Um, are, we, are we recording? Yeah. Okay. Nice. Beautiful. All right. Welcome to Sex. And the sex. In the sex. This is a Sex and the City podcast. Um, uh, this, uh, this is a Sex and the City podcast about Sex and the City. Uh, <laughs> my name is Anna Wolf. I'm a comedian um, and I have seen all of the episodes of Sex and the City. Hi, my name's Irvi and <laughs> Irvi Majumdra. I'm also a comedian and I've seen every episode at least six times each. I'm Jordan. I am also a comedian. I'm watching them for the first time through now. Although if you heard the preamble, we're rewatching season one. Here we go. Yay. Woo. Season one of Sex and the City. Can you guys like tell me about your relationship with Sex and the City? What, what like brings you here? What makes you passionate? Sure. Um, I think Sex and the City was my first association with breasts on television um, it was my access to porn before porn. So I purely use it just to jack off. So it's weird watching it with you other two people. Like I am constantly erect throughout this entire podcast. Um, so this is just like, all a kink for me. Is this the first time oh. you watching it without muting the dialogue between yeah. the sex scenes? Absolutely. I've actually, in, a, in a way, I've seen this many times, but I've also never seen it before. Like never. Because <laughs> I purely use it to masturbate and fast forward all the um, no, I think Sex and the City was is a really important podcast for me. As I think, it's a podcast. Oh, <laughs> this this is really important for me, especially in isolation. <laughs> I need this. Um, no, the, the show itself is really important for me. Um, I think I I used to watch it. Um, you know, over my mum's shoulder at 11 p.m. at night or whatever the fuck it was on. Um, and yeah, like I said, it was like the first boobs I saw on TV. So I was like, oh, this shit's good. Um, and then I think I kind of rediscovered it as a teenager, getting the box, getting like a, um, a pirated version of the box set for my cousins and me just binge watching it with my sister and being like, oh, Miranda, you're crazy. Um, and then I think rewatching it as I got like into like 18, 19 years old at uni, going through my first breakup and really appreciating all the kind of lessons I've learned from it. And then rewatching it when I was like 20, um to kind of be like oh my god these people are all so obsessed with themselves like carrie's a fucking idiot and like kind of re-seeing it through through the eyes of being like wow these women are so like i mean obviously they're not human because they're characters and it's really mm. whitewashed and weird but like just kind of seeing all the flaws in these um female characters and a kind of uh associating myself with them and being like oh my god honor you're a fucking idiot so i think it's like an yeah. important it's an important <laughs> series for me in self-realization and yeah i think that's really <laughs> that's really cool i think i agree with you honor i feel like we're in a good we're in like on the cusp of this um age where 
it sort of like it still was for us oh, we're all about like what 27 28 um, I, I guess you guys are 26 so I'm 22 anyway. <laughs> what are you talking about I'm 12 years old 26 or some shit um I think we're all 20 <laughs> are we all in the 27 club I'm about to turn 27 so yeah oh my so. god okay they're babies sorry I forgot um <laughs> me the old soul over here um I think we for us it was still um like one of the first times you see some of these conversations on screen but then I feel like the whole tv industry has progressed so far like since in the last like five years even um that now it's sort of like um yeah just it's it seems really outdated but we we were there to experience it all basically um because I think for me as well um I wasn't over uh, my family's Indian so um we weren't allowed to watch tv <laughs> um like anything to do with <laughs> Definitely not. I still can't bring up sex. If, if I was like to my mom to this day, like I'm going to watch Sex in the City, she'd probably like slap me or something. It's, it's just, <laughs> it'd be like, don't say that word. Um, so <laughs> City. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Get back to the country. Um, so yeah, I, I, it was like really sneaky and I got quite addicted to um, that, like watching, <laughs> like watching Sex in the City because I wasn't allowed to. Um, and I watched it religiously basically every summer of my life <laughs> um, from like maybe year 12 till I finished uni, which was about six years. So yeah, that's been my um, relationship to the show. You've also spoken about like you watching it when you, like you watching it and kind of going through breakups and like yeah. taking like doing exactly what Carrie did in a breakup and just being <laughs> yeah. a fucking psycho <laughs> yeah that's the thing I always thought Carrie Bradshaw was like normal and that was like um you know in episodes where she's thrown food just thrown things at people I was just like that's an acceptable way to be which I'm still confused about like is it or isn't it <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I feel I like it is. I'm yeah, like the older I get, I feel like that's like fine. Like I'm like, yeah, absolutely. yeah, get it out. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's yeah, old, young. Everyone should be able to look throw shit. Yeah, exactly. Um, I didn't ever watch Sex in the City growing up. Um, my parents watched it. I think I have like memories of hearing it. Like you know when you like sit and watch secretly. I have memories of like seeing that. But I think I confuse Sex in the City with West Wing sometimes. Like I feel like they were around the <laughs> the same time, and I don't know what my parents were watching. Um, I know all my friends have pretty much all of my friends have committed to watching the whole Sex in the City series, and it just never <laughs> came through for me at the time. I think that if it hit Netflix earlier, I mean it's not on Netflix Australia now, but if it had like hit some kind of like <laughs> streaming service, maybe I would have watched it. Um, but it's always been in like the zeitgeist, like it's never left. Like people are still talking about being a Carrie or a Samantha or a Miranda or like a Steve or something. Mm. So <laughs> I just feel like it's, it's made this huge impact. And like Anna was saying, like it's grain of salt with some of the stuff because mm. they say some fucking wild shit. Um, but also it's like paved the way. Or, you know, perfect and um, unfaultable television shows like Girls. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I like Girls. Well, that's – that actually is – no, but it actually is kind of interesting in terms of, like, how Sex and the City – obviously, we look back on it 
and we're like, oh, that, that that's you know problematic and that's problematic. But there's a lot of stuff that was like a huge thing to see in like the 90s. And with girls, it's like, oh, that's problematic and that's problematic. Oh, this was made like five years ago. Yeah, like, you know yeah. what I mean? <laughs> and probably is just as problematic as Sex in the City. Like, um, yeah, but in saying that, both really great TV shows to watch. I fucking enjoy <laughs> yeah. them. I love girls. Do you hate? Does, do people hate girls? No, I don't. I don't fucking hate girls. I think it's it's really. I think again, seeing. Uh, women as the main characters and being flawed mm. is something I find really appe- appealing. Yeah, but they're also both super super white shows. That's the thing. I think that's the only thing I can't really unsee is that. Um, but I remember when Lena Dunham was first getting. Um, I think it was back in like 2014 or 15 or something. Um, actually earlier to the day. 13. Seven years ago, she was getting um shit for not having like any diversity in her crew um and cast um but i remember at the time thinking like that was that was even a new concept to me to even like have that like that that was being debated even though i'm yeah. of color um, just <laughs> fucking dumb but still um i was just like oh i guess that's yeah it might be um but i would just defend her and stuff and now that it's progressed so much and i've changed and my brain's evolved and things um it does feel like yeah that's that's a big force uh, yeah that the boat shows failed on that account but also, it's like, how are you going to, it's hard to critique stuff from the past with the lens of like right now. I think that it's like, it's also one of those things where like, we feel such a, um, as three shitty women, we probably feel um, a lot of protection over these like flawed, shitty characters as well. Mm-hmm. Like in terms of like, especially in Sex in the City, from what I've seen, like these are not like, this isn't like Felicity or um Ally McBeal where characters these female leads are like incredibly likable and have like a really strong moral compass like the bold time yeah yeah it's like these sometimes it's like the the things that these like girls say it's just like that's a terrible thing to say Uh, totally and (laughs) this we actually had a I was like um just freaking out last night after sending you an article that I love but I was like she's gonna open this article and read it and like it's gonna spoil everything um but it's a if anyone's interested in reading it it's actually awesome um this article called difficult women by Emily Nussbaum um from the New Yorker and it's just like it makes this really great comparison about um I guess the male anti-hero being uh celebrated through Sopranos which I'm also watching at the moment um Mm -hmm. it's sort of like all these bad men shows that celebrate these um flawed and complex men characters and then she's like Sex and the City's been like there's an injustice done onto that because now we remember it as like a sitcom like really fucked um kind of like it's like if you say that you're watching Sex and the City it's like all right bimbo like it's just like that kind Mm of um immediate knee-jerk reaction whereas they were on par when they were first released and it's like equally just celebrating complicated women. Um, but we just don't remember it in that way because women are dumb. And I mean, obviously I don't think that, but, um, (laughs) 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 but that's how we look at it. Yeah. Um, which is really interesting. But then my boyfriend also had a good point about how, okay, this is like just talking about the article, but, um, because in Sopranos, it's a really like, it's almost like, they're not encouraging us to relate to that lifestyle because it's like the mafia and like no one can really be like that's it's exactly like me um unless you're in the mafia but um it's like (laughs) because sex and city came out um and maybe they had to at the time being like this is a show representing women like this is like we are relatable 
um, it's it kind of is easier to critique because that changes and now we don't think all women do that kind of thing, you know. Mm. So I don't know what I think, but I think, um, yeah, definitely the difficult women part of it is um, most appealing to me and probably to you as well. Yeah, and it definitely, like, what you were saying, like, relates to, like, femininity being bad or things that females mm. enjoy being trashy, oh whereas God. it's like you're yeah. watching, like, a shitty mob boss kill yeah people. kill people with but his like, bare hands yeah and most of the and cheat on his like, wife and like you constantly. know it's just like, and yeah that character like tony soprano was such a petty um kind of control freak you know <laughs> yeah. and most of the episodes like while yes there's like obviously serious stuff that goes on most of the episodes are like him dealing with the fact that like he has major anxiety yes exactly. yeah exactly and, like out his hang-ups with like his like interpersonal relationships rather mm. than like actually mafia stuff although i can mm. see an alternate reality where um samantha is a mob wife and i love it yes <laughs> samantha yeah, would be a mobster love... not yeah, a mob no, wife that's true. <laughs> i love both like we're watching surprise at the moment i'm like fully hooked love it um and it just feels like yeah the two different responses like if i'm like oh i'm just like watching all of sopranos people like respect like well um i I remember the day i did that and it was not the day hopefully but like you know the time (laughs) i did that (laughs) and it's like that kind of thing if i say i'm doing sex in the city i guess i want it to be funny so maybe i say it in a funny way but i'm just like yeah i'm watching the sex in the city (laughs) but it it is it is ridiculous it is that that um that idea it's it's just sexism essentially Mm. because it's just like that oh female is bad and the fact that you were totally Watching a feminine, feminine, oh, can't do it. Um, show um, <laughs> is a is a is a negative thing because what is female is negative. It's it's just complete bullshit. Yeah. And also, because like it's also just so dumb because if we got rid of that, like some of my, you know, not that not to be like some of my closest male friends, but my brother fucking loves Sex and City because he loves fashion <laughs> yeah. and he's like straight and, and like, but he, like so he's not like the usual <laughs> archetype of like gay boy loving sex yeah. and city because you know uh, samantha is like the best or whatever you know like <laughs> it's like like it's such a good television show it's so complex mm-hmm. i mean like yeah of course there's problematic things in it but there's so many problematic things that happen yeah. in those old tv shows but it's just it's such a fucking good show and, i know and, it, and i think and it probably explores you know it'd be great to do like it'd be great to do like a comparison between sex and the city and surprise surprise which is a fucking awesome show too yeah to see if they explore really similar fucking themes yes, totally like, absolutely like any character in girls or um you know carrie's like biggest sin is that she like buys shoes or some shit it's like um that compared to like you know tony soprano who i love but he does like literally just kill people and is like an awful person in like heaps of ways um racist sexist um there's like yeah nothing that compares to what he does um and in he's got any some of these like shows. nice leather penny loafers like don't tell me that yeah. guy doesn't like shoes <laughs> yeah, he's totally shit. he's kind of shit he's got mother issues he's and he's such a like he i think that the yeah he wants to fuck his mom yeah i think the interesting about thing about tony soprano is that i feel like if he didn't grow up in his his um setting and even within mm. his setting he's super feminine mm. you know what yeah. i mean like mm-hmm. he's like like he has anxiety i mean i and i i think this show's smart about that i think the sopranos when we just start talking about surprise and we're talking about how good that show is <laughs> i think it's nice to parallel because they're both hbo shows they both yeah around the same time but they're That's revered so... in different ways yeah like 
you this want. article is amazing for that but i yeah. i had to stop reading because it's going to give away the ending of sopranos so but um i was just going to say with that race something i was thinking about the other day with um because i'm like why was i so just like happy enough to watch like the whole it's almost as if like this whole diversity casting thing is like something i'm really grappling with this year um or like recently in the past because i've never maybe <laughs> yeah it's like what kind of a poc am i um but i think like, yeah, like Evie, you're a piece of shit you need to represent <laughs> bit a bit better you're not it POC, is on your you're fucking POS. shoulders yeah <laughs> um it was and i was thinking back to yeah just like why am i so happy just i just fully it's almost like i honestly didn't see the color aspect it was like i am carrie like it's just i became i sort of like internalized whiteness so much that i never really saw that as a big issue and then recently i've obviously said that it is an issue but with lena dunham her defense of her like casting was that she didn't want to tell she was just telling stories of like what she knew or, um, you know, it was, uh, and I kind of, one, structurally, we need to obviously stop that and you need to tell different stories if you have the power to do that. But also I kind of do get where she's coming from and that like, if she was right, if she was to write like the mini Che of like a Indian girl growing up, I'd be like, what the fuck, you're not even Indian. Um, <laughs> so I think really the bigger question is like structurally the whole industry is racist because people like the gatekeepers like no indian girl or like no black girl back in the time um would have had that access to make a tv show about, that tells their story in the first place so it's not really just about like lena dunham casting white people it's like structurally she's the one that gets the power to tell that story and it's okay if she tells her own but we need to change that initial step first yeah exactly. absolutely and it's also that thing of like oh but if it's like a story about you know indian women living their life or whatever it's like mm. oh that's not sellable like yeah people would exactly. think that and then you know like there was the iconic moment where like black panther like like fucking crushed box office <laughs> yeah. thing like basically like an all-black cast mm. and being like people yeah. want to see this see that yeah like, you're you're idiots if you think and even that never have I ever the Mindy Kaling show that yeah. came out that was like top of Netflix for like ages so yeah definitely I think um in that way you can kind of look at capitalism even though it sucks and stuff it's like you will actually make money telling these different stories um mm. so why not do it well that's like so much stuff even like when it comes to like uh renewables yeah it's like you're yeah. gonna make so much money if you exactly if, if, you, if that's how you want to like think about your life is just in terms of making money you would make so much money off renewables and like yeah. long-term money but you're not doing an it industry. because you're a fucking idiot like, yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah a thousand percent i feel like we just keep relearning the same lessons yeah like mm. i feel like like these it's just in in every industry we just keep relearning the same shit over and yeah. over again but keep doing the the easy way that ends up with like the hardest responses like remember when bridesmaids came out and everybody was yes. like oh my god women are funny and women want to go see funny women in a movie about what? them oh my god and then like they learned it again like later on like years later with um girls trip with uh tiffany haddish and queen latifah they're like oh my god women are funny <laughs> we had no like, like definitely then, and even before this that happened in sex in the city when yeah, sex yeah. The happened, city came out. happened in sex in the city happened with like lucy lucille ball and oh i love god. lucy <laughs> like it's, it's happened fucking forever it's just people are 
there's just it's cyclical it almost feels like it's cyclical and similar to like it's cyclical in terms of um people becoming more and more conservative and less and less conservative you know what i mean it feels like that's a cyclical thing that's going to keep happening and just at the moment we're in like a pretty oh like we are we aren't in a very conservative time it's really weird well that's why i'm like sometimes you look at what's on tv daytime tv in australia for all our international fans um (laughs) in australia is like the shittest it's like who the fuck it's like where are these decisions being made and who's making them because you could make it so much you've got like 24 hours a day that you've got tv time um and we still just replay whatever like two and a half men or like whatever the shit's on daytime tv or even fucking who dares wins you know what i mean from like the 80s like that's on tv like that kind of stuff why what we're replaying shit like we're like nostalgia stuff from the 80s because we're like that's you and like old people watch tv like that's true old people fucking do but also old people love like true crime and like you know new shows about you know the old like call the midwife i don't know why don't we like an australian like they had anzacs whatever a couple years ago which was that you know that show about these Australian nurses or whatever in World mm. War, whatever, mm. um, and World War, whatever. And, and love child as well. <laughs> whatever. Whatever the fuck is that But, you know, like, uh, why are we making new television shows with new perspectives that can still fit within old people like old people aren't, old people have seen shit. I talked to my nana, I remember my, my mum <laughs> being like, Anna, you need to realize your nana isn't like isn't like fucking scared of shit. She, the true crime bu- books that she reads are like this More man <laughs> raped a woman with a pig. You know what I mean? <laughs> and like cut out her bones and fucking like then put it in his asshole. Like that's like the kind of books that she reads. I don't know why we have this idea that um, old people can't take you know yeah, stuff. Yeah. It's like they've seen a lot of shit. <laughs> she's lived through like two wars. You know what I mean? Like she's seen shit. Anyway, we should talk what about Sex and the City. That? Yeah. How long has this been? It's been a while, but I'm enjoying it. I but think it's this is fun. Um, yeah. Let's get into the episode, shall we? This is the yeah. pilot episode of Sex and the City. Woo. It is called Sex and the City. So I'm going to read the IMDb summary. Let's see how they went. Columnist Carrie Bradshaw introduces her narrative style by a short story about a British girl. She's not British. She's Australian. Yeah, we all heard it. Straight out of Broken Hill. Like, she was like, totally. hi, I've just moved here from London. Oh, my God. <laughs> um, who thought the Manhattan Manor would be the same. Characters and extras on screen do some of the philosophizing, philosophizing? About modern mm. sex life and the life of both sexes, she usually does off-screen in her column style. Among the main character, oh shit! Among the main cast of four best friends, PR executive Samantha bluntly stands for sex without rational crap. Um, Golden Spoon Wasp Charlotte <laughs> for the fairy tale uh, romantic ideal, while sensitive flirt Carrie herself and stuck-up pragmatic lawyer miranda seek a middle way all right was this written by a fan i feel like this was not written by a fan i feel like someone's like i'm miranda that bitch uh, uh, she's a fucking stuck-up uh, slut like yeah was this written by um oh shit what's the name of the woman who plays samantha kim Cattrall. yeah she's yeah like, after the fight yeah. <laughs> um so the, the the main i guess the main um argument for this like first episode or the main sort of question is can women fuck like men (laughs) yeah yeah they say it like a million (laughs) 
Um, so what did you guys, what stuck out for you guys as like a theme or as a character thing that you wanted to explore? Mm-hmm. Well, I really love the way that the um, episode starts being like an anti, it's like you kind of get the setup of what we were just talking about, like what I guess mainstream media think women are, um, which is, you know, the perfect house and like the spouse and all of this stuff. And you kind of just get this shot of um, Carrie punching out a cigarette um, and it's like, like you know heavy music and it's like that's not real um and it really sets the tone for the show and yeah you kind of I felt like proud of it in that moment of being like yeah this was what what happened they overturned a way of thinking I thought I yeah the start was fucking great I mean yeah like like, look this episode the pilot in itself is very different to the rest of the season Mm. I think I think it's a real stylistic choice and also I'll talk about this more later but I feel like it really it's much dirtier than the rest of the series. Like in terms yes. of like, not like you see like full vag, full vag lips. No, no. But I mean like, <laughs> but like, oh. no, you don't. <laughs> I was like, I when did I miss like, that? I feel like you and I were both just like, huh. I was like, oh, I really wanted to <laughs> see that. And I didn't. <laughs> no, but, uh, but I think I thought the, the way they presented the star, despite that, oh, they should, should have said that she was Australian. They're fucking idiots. But I guess that yes. like puts a different lens really? on it. Yeah, I'm she gonna was do a fuck check. If you re rewatch it, she's either Australian or New Zealand. Um, she doesn't. Yeah, she doesn't sound like. No, she sounds fucking. And, and she's put in zero effort with the accent. Yeah, she's, she's done she's, nothing. She's laughing. She's, <laughs> she's laughing. <laughs> she she went in being like, oh uh, yeah, I'm English or whatever, and they're like, great, you're from London, this character, but she just did an Australian accent. They couldn't tell the difference. Like honestly, mm. um, but I think it was really clever. Um, how yeah, how we did this like fairy tale thing. It looks like they were either gonna get married or um you know or get divorced or whatever but what i loved it it honestly felt like a really slow roller coaster like it felt like it was going up and up and up and then was gonna like shoot off and like be fucking awesome they're getting married and then it just kind of yeah him just not returning her calls and that kind of being it and it was just such a i don't know i just yes. felt, i was really along with the journey of like that story and i think it, it mm. actually did even though i've seen this episode before it did feel unexpected when that she was just like, and then, you know, he didn't call her back and then he ghosted her. And then it was like, she was with Carrie. I thought it was such a, such a good introduction to Sex and the City. And it was so stylistic and so kind of camp. Yeah. Like, I I don't know. I I agree with you. I think like I was really proud too. I was like, this is fucking, whoever like, whoever did that like fairy tale thing and then changed. Yeah. It was just like, perfect way to introduce it. So good. So good. Loved it. I think it also was, oh, sorry, you go. No, no, no. I was just going to... Uh, uh, I was just going to say it's a good... You go. <laughs> I think there's some lag. Um, they, I think it was a really good contrast to, um, you know, I was mentioned, I was watching Dirty John, the Brady Broderick story, and that's just like a documenting of what happened, like the opposite of... I just felt like it was really cool that they can, like, start having humour and talking to their friends when, like, men fuck them over, whereas, like, um, Betty Broderick did not do that. So it's like, you know, you got one of the two options. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I, I like the fact that like the end of this fairy tale isn't him like cheating on her or her finding out he's married or something because I feel like when I was watching it I was kind of waiting for this big like boom moment of like oh he's a scumbag and like he is like he's an asshole but it just kind of fizzled out or he just ghosted her he ghosted her yeah which would be brutal in the 90s back then yeah because there's no way of tracking it they're gone oh they're dead. yeah definitely in some ways, it would be kind of, imagine if you could just, like, break up with people these days and not have to worry about social media and stuff. I feel like that would be so good. 
It'd be but, fucking amazing. But you yeah. definitely would fuck them if you saw them again. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I feel <laughs> yeah. like, because I feel like with social media, you can, like, look at it and be like, ah, fuck you, and I'm over you, and blah, 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 mm. and whatever. But I feel like in the 90s, if you did see them again, you would fuck them again. Because you'd, you'd be just like, what's the been same going mistake. on? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and it would be, like, such I'll a surprise. Everything. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I also thought this was a really good introduction in terms of Carrie. Yeah. And, like, it was so fucking dirty. She was wearing, like, leopard print. I was like, yes. It was, like, New yeah. York. She she looks like a like a 60-year-old. Like, she didn't. But, like, from behind. <laughs> because, you know, you didn't see her face. It was just from yeah. behind. She was, like, smoking and just put it out. I know we spoke about that already. But I was just like, oh, it's so <laughs> Even dirty. Even the way she put it out is, like, and like even yeah, and even and especially in comparison to this like London, and you know London mm. woman. She's not. She's Australian, but um, she, I don't know. It's just <laughs> so. It's just, she's from Craigie Burn. Um, <laughs> um, but like seeing the glamour, like the new, like the kind of Charlotte esque New York mm. glamour of like her relationship to then Carrie being in a fucking diner like with a dart. I just thought it was so mm. good. I really like the rawness of that kind of um that style and that introduction to it. Yeah. Mm. And even though this woman is out there looking beautiful and at galleries, she's still at the diner with Carrie. You know what I mean? It kind of like feeds into what happens with the girls throughout the series is that they go to these really glamorous events, but they're still like, they're still ready to like be chat, you know, like just be like, well, not that eating in a diner is chat, but like, I don't know the way she put out that cigarette was dirty. She's <laughs> and she diet. even says, she even says, "Welcome to the age of uninnocence." So yes, I wrote that like, down. Yeah, I feel like getting drunk already. I'm like, I'm like, oh my really God, me it. too. I'm like, let's do it. Let's, let's, get, let's get mimosas for the next we, one. hundred percent. Yeah, um, we will. Yeah. <laughs> um, it, yeah. The, what did she say? Uh, and then there's like, uh, Carrie comes to the conclusion after catching up with her friend, being like, why are there so many great unmarried women and no great unmarried men? Absolutely. I mean, look, I think that's a real simplification of, you know, it all is, but, like, I think it's a real simplification of, like, that. But I I think think this just comes back to, for me, women are fucking the best. You know what I mean? Like, they're so good. I think about my fucking aunties Mm -hmm. who, like, you know, would cheat it on and stuff like that, and I'm just like, oh, they're amazing. I, I was literally saying this to Jordan mm. when we watched the episode, talking about how, you know, three, like two of my mom's sisters, and probably my mom, like, I'm not saying that she got cheated on. She might have. I don't know. Maybe dad did. <laughs> hey, Who knows? Bring we in if you got any info. Let me know. But like, but like, my mom is a very um, smart, intelligent, powerful woman, and so is. I love my mom so much. <laughs> so you just did. I thought you were just saying she wasn't. I'm like, all right, you know, it's like three out <laughs> My mom is a fucking housewife bitch. No, no, she's, um, she, no, she's just a, no, she's just a really powerful, strong-minded, opinionated, yeah. like to the point where it's annoying sometimes. You're like, oh my God, Helen, shut the fuck up. Like, yes, you're yeah. right. You're right again, Helen. Like, and the same with my aunties. That's what I want to be. Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> yeah I want to be Helen too. Um, but she, yeah, and my aunties are too. And then it's just interesting seeing, their husband i hope they don't listen to this but like their husbands <laughs> um you know getting like once appreciating these really intelligent you know young mm-hmm. women when they when they met them like really intelligent really like opinionated really like um strong and then as i've gotten older they've haven't been able to like handle that anymore or they resent it and then mm. they fucking cheat on them or leave uh, them and it's like fuck you yeah you fucking and also they like gave birth to three of their children you know what i mean like, like the I, yeah, it's such bullshit. And it reminded, and it, it was really interesting because they, 
they were cutting to all these men, like, because the, they're doing that talk to camera thing that they do in season one. Mm. Um, but this guy being like, oh, if you're dating a 30-year-old woman, you have to have kids soon. Whereas if you're dating a young woman, you can, like, you don't have to, like, a, you don't have to have kids soon. So you don't have to deal with, like, the responsibility. Mm. And I feel like so many men are like that. Yes. In terms of being, mm. like, they don't actually want to deal with, like, the responsibility. The real. The real. They don't want to deal mm. with, like, being called out. They don't want to deal with, like age they don't want to deal with any of that they don't want to deal with like yeah like having an argument they just want to yeah. like <laughs> fuck off and fuck a like little submissive young thing until she gets old yeah. enough to stand up for herself exactly yeah and it's what i find interesting is that like a lot of these guys ultimately they want kids and they want a family mm, exactly. but they're like so willing to like disrespect women who do have that goal especially like older women mm. who are like i need to have kids fucking now older women they're not old but like unfortunately oh my god no. we do like it, as much as like um we can be like deny our biological clock it which exists is, it exists in terms especially if you want to have kids it's a real mm. like there's a real um uh i don't want to say expiry date but it's i just said it yeah it's a pressure but, <laughs> but it's, it's like, a pressure yeah. yeah exactly so like when women have that pressure and they need to address the fact that they have to have children soon men are like ah, oh, you're crazy i don't want to commit to that um but i do want to have kids i just want to wait a bit i think it's just like a level of like privilege freedom and privilege yeah mm. I and i think it. that's why it's also really important to have just like representations of like women who aren't fucking nice and like perfect on screen because it's like yeah it is really messy and we do have like all these unique pressures why they've done you know done heaps of studies about like the link between like alcohol and just like this increased drinking in women um because they're constantly having to manage so much shit so it's like yeah we need more shows which explore people just being bad and like the um and the yeah consequences of putting so much pressure on women yeah also if you look at sex in the city even like looking at those characters even though they are all gorgeous they're not like fucking all perfect models mm. you know what i mean That's like they're all is. like we always talk about like oh like even when we're watching it today i'm like oh carrie yeah because you're so ugly <laughs> like because she's gorgeous but like yeah. in terms of television and what we are like even now like especially now i feel like there's been so many tv shows that i've been watching um like actually yeah really recently all of the actors are just so hot like perfect oh, instagram yeah. model kind of hot everyone's so dewy yeah so dewy like dewy which shows have you been watching what is like don't call me out <laughs> but i mean like you know if you like look at like home and away if you look at like oh yeah okay okay i can't talk about them now but like just look on any kind of b-grade tv show and yeah. everyone yeah. like okay riverdale you know what i mean yeah. like oh you're watching grays Grey's Anatomy. No, no, see, no, but that's why that's different. Because, okay. like, I was going to say, because <laughs> I was shocked. Okay. No, 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 no. Stop pressure. Okay, everyone, back off. No, but I was watching Grey's Anatomy, and I was, like, shocked, again, in Grey's Anatomy, how not every, I mean, they're, like, like, they're fucking beautiful, but, like, not everyone in that show is just, like, skinny white girls who are super hot, you know, except late, in mm. the later seasons, there's a lot of skinny white girls who are super hot. But, like, anyway, it's just interesting. I don't, I don't know mm, what I'm no, saying. No, 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 we get, we get no, 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 but I'm just saying, like, it's good that this 90s TV show, yeah. there was, like, they're all fucking skinny and white and hot, uh, but they weren't, like, <laughs> supermodels. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Absolutely, and that's why also Girls was good in that, like, sometimes you have to be, like, 
fucking violently like this is what real bodies are because i remember when i was really vulnerable um watching sex in the city and like feeling like you know going further into like an eating disorder and shit it was like just because i just didn't like when you grow cellulite or like fat on your body and you've never seen that on screen anywhere it makes you feel like you're a freak and that you're getting fat um so it's just like really good to see um lena dunham's like body which is like not, not usual and she got so much shit for that as well for it being on screen and for it being like gross and why was she doing it but it's like actually i appreciate that because it's fine and it's a normal body yeah there's a really good um quote later on uh actually never mind that is in the next episode but i think i think you're right in terms of uh, yeah for women like i had this conversation with my boyfriend about because we're both actors and comedians and have unstable careers and both work hospo um and i was like kind of talking about because i'm doing my masters um mm. i was like kind of talking about how well i I'm doing my master's so I can get a part-time job that isn't hospitality that I can progress in while I do acting and comedy just in case when I'm like 40 years old, I it's, it hasn't worked out and I need to get into another career, but I don't want to have to start my master's then kind of thing mm. in case I want to have kids or whatever. And mm. I was like, you know, because I probably want to have a kid maybe when I'm 36 or something like, and that's, you know, I'm 26, turning 27 now. Yeah. So that's like not too far away, but I also want to have a career and like, and I was like, so I need to start this now and I need to think about this. And I was like, and you should probably think about it too, because like, you know, mm. if that is something that you want, not that, I don't know if we'll stay together to the point where we're having kids or anything like that, but that's like a yeah. constant pressure on my mind. And I'm also like, and I'm getting older, so I'm aging. So it means I'm less likely to book things, which means I'm, you know, I might, it's harder for me to, you know, I can't just come in late in a career like some women do and it's fucking awesome. And it's, um, mm. but you can't just come in late and then like get into this business and try and succeed and then get all the success and then be able to have kids and come back like i just have all these extra pressures so and he much. was like and he was legit like oh like i just don't i just think about things like day by day and i was like well that's oh, your that's fucking privilege like yeah that's your fucking privilege i have to literally think about you know six to ten years down the line and whether or not i want to have kids and also i don't even know if i want to have kids but that's i want to be able to have the option and I have yeah. to think about all the things around that. Like, yeah, that's yes, the absolutely. Thing as well. Oh, yeah. Because even like, even <laughs> when we are like, oh, I don't know about kids now, when we reach like 34, 35, it's literally science that will make us be like, we need to have baby. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. and that's like, and then, but at that time as well, you could have, um, like, who knows how many eggs you have. Part. Like, yeah, it's, it's like, who knows what the fuck is going on with your body? Well, my well. friend says she's going to go get fertility tested at 30 just to be safe because she knew someone else that, um, that tried at 30 and was told that they had limited eggs, just waited because they didn't know until 35. And by then it was like a really slow, slim chance. So I'm like, oh, even talking about that gives me like this, like heart dropping feeling because I'm like. I don't even know if I want kids for one, but like, I also hate the thought of like going to get a fertility test because I took yeah. the morning after pill, like breakfast, um, for, like <laughs> way too long. It was like so many times I'd be surprised <laughs> if I even like have a uterus anymore. So <laughs> it's just like, it's like, 
Seriously, it was like the worst year of my life. No, but even the shame around morning after pills. Like, this is this whole idea that women are crazy or or sluts. You know what I mean? Because, like, okay, two things happened there. You talked about someone getting fertility tested at 30. Immediately in my, like, sexist head, I was like, oh, that's crazy. No, it's not. That's science. (laughs) And also, the morning after pill... Like, you even being, like, like all the negative association. Uh, even, like, remember uh, when Tony Abbott wouldn't allow us to get chemical abortions because he was worried that people were just going get to be getting abortions left, right, and center, which isn't a fucking issue in this overpopulated that. world? Anyway, it was just so awful. But, sorry, my face is getting really red. Um, but, like... You're talking about Tony Abbott. Oh, oh yeah. It's red when you talk about Tony, Tony Abbott. Abbott. I'm getting shaky. And fucking don't have an aneurysm. Yeah, no, I'll try not to. It's not worth it. It's not worth it. He's not worth it. He's not worth it. Um, no. But <laughs> the morning after pill, I, yeah, I've had the morning after pill a few times. And also, I'm pretty sure, and hopefully she's not listening to this, but I'm pretty sure <laughs> had it, like, a lot of times. And once she <laughs> yeah. w- got me to go in and get it for her because mm. she'd already been to that chemist twice and didn't yes. want the fucking judgment mm. of getting it again. Condoms fail. Um, also, we get drunk and have sex. Exactly. You know what I mean? Yeah. And also it just doesn't take it. Like I never got on the pill because it was like not acceptable to talk about that in my family. So it was like, I just had like no education on how to protect myself properly. Um, and then once I got on it, it was like the best thing that's ever happened to me. So that's been great. But until for that like buffer period, I took the morning after pill all the time. And one time I even took it just to, like cleanse myself emotionally. <laughs> <It was laughs> the condom. So I think back to those times and I'm like, what? Um, but I guess again, I also have been looking into like, I feel like adoptions like would be fine by me as well. So it's just like, if worst case, I can't have it my own kid. I can just adopt one, hopefully. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, but again, this is such a good TV series <laughs> for having 30-year-old yes. women and, and it all kind of being a, a about this idea of relationship, like the next step in your life in terms of, because it is that biological um, clock period where it's like, oh, I have to think about, start thinking about, I have to get fertility tested, I have to decide whether or not I want to have kids, what that means for my career, if I need to find a partner mm. to have kids, if I have kids on my own. Like, it's such an interesting stage in a woman's life, and I think it's really good that Sex and the City is showing that. And it's not just, like, hot 20-year-olds. Yeah. We're like, oh, let's go to a party. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it's hot yeah. 30-year-olds yeah. being like, let's go to a party. <laughs> and I can't help but, like, imagine yeah. the meetings that happened before this where it was like, why can't they be 20, though? Like, yeah. Or what if they've yeah. just graduated college and they're big work at Cosmopolitan and, <laughs> yeah, and have huge what if they have breasts? <laughs> what well, if it's just that's two the women, thing. four boobs. It would have had they would have had to push so hard, and it's like they yeah, you're totally right. Every step of the way, they would have encountered just like fight. Remember, it's like still toxic at the moment, but back then, it's like all white men running these um what's it called like network television shows so it's huge um yeah even having like um sarah jessica parker's hair dramatic like pretty like different between the pilot and the second episode Mm. and like the rest of the series and i like we all know that pilots are shot like ages ahead of time but you can tell that they had this like full meeting about how to do her hair and how to balance out her (laughs) face and like do all this stuff and then they after like the first episode like had a um like a control group of people where they're like what do you think about her hair what if she was what if she was blonde i think that would make her better absolutely like no i was actually again that this contributes to this whole like grunginess of this first episode that i really like i really like that sarah jessica parker is just used like rocking her Mm. mousy curly hair She's like, her makeup's a bit trash in terms of like yes. real smoky, real dark lip, kind of real New Yorker kind of like feel like, and then she definitely gets like 
uh, you know, hashtag glow up in the next episode. Like, not ne- not in a good way, but, I mean, it's fine. Mm-hmm. But, like, they make him more kind of cosmopolitan and less kind of, like, yeah. dirty New Yorker. Because they'd probably mm-hmm. be like, why would Big date not a blonde? Like, you know what I mean? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, totally. I, I, also, yeah. I also wonder how much, like, she just kind of took on board because it was the pilot episode and because she was a lead in this TV show. And then when they, like, got picked up, she was like, okay, but... I have control over my hair, like, or, or something like that. If she was like, actually, I think I know how to make myself look good on camera. Or it might have been the other way around. Maybe they were like, yeah. honey. <laughs> um, come on. Honey. Um, also, I've never seen a woman on screen with that color hair, except for maybe, yeah, like Hannah from Girls, mm. for yonks. Like, yeah. it's all dyed. It's, like, that was such, like, natural-looking hair. Yeah. Yeah. she was so it felt like it was almost like for me when she was in that element it was like a kind of different carry or like the way that she starts off that episode where she's like sassy and sarcastic mm. and she's cynical um that kind of and she kind of maintains that for the whole episode because um the whole thing I feel like has this like kind of funny jazz behind jazz music behind it and it's just like her be like hey you like that like talking to different people mm. um and kind of showing us her world and that kind of confidence when you compare her to later in the seasons um she loses that a bit and it's just um a bit sad yeah yeah I agree um she looks a lot like a a young Bette Midler in this as well which is also Mm -hmm. great like in terms of like the way that she's swanning around with jazzy music and stuff like that and like putting out cigarettes on every man in New York (laughs) like it's really yeah I think the aesthetic of this episode overall, my face is still so red from talking about Tony Abbott. Oh, my God. Um, um, I think so I'm so turned on. Um, no, I think I think the aesthetic of this first episode was much grungier than, like, even the second episode. Like, mm. even the New Yorker, like, seeing the deli. Like, I know we get shown a deli. A deli. Sorry, just, like, one mm. deli. Um, yeah. But we get – but I just think this first episode, like, was – even the way it presented New York was less glossy than you see later on in the seasons. Like it was, yeah, it was quite dirty. She was smoking. She was wearing leopard print. Mm. Like you see <laughs> yeah. uh, Miranda in a fucking deli. You see these men like working out. They're, mm. like, there was one moment, I've forgotten what it was, but I think they're like chat. They all chat. The talking. No, they're at the drag night. Is it? It's Miranda's birthday. Mm. Um, and mm. they're all at that drag night, drinking, chatting. I also really like how they all look in this first episode i think it was just really fun kind of vibes i don't know i just really like i thought mm. it was much grungier than what they do later on because then they become yes. like the ladies who lunch yeah whereas this yeah. feels more yeah. like the ladies who know new york yeah like yeah. i know the cool places yeah. to go the restaurants i know more realistic and the fact that, like the clubs that they went to yeah. and stuff like that in this episode um and also um oh shit you were talking about Grungy looks, characters. Oh, um, the way that they introduced the characters, I thought was like mm. like so exciting. I think because I'm revisiting um, season one, which is the first time I'm rewatching Sex in the City, that I got like <laughs> a flutter in my chest, and I just like yeah. realized how much I love these characters, especially when we like first yeah. see um, Miranda, and she's just one of the chat to camera like extras yeah. in the in the sh- in the show but then obviously she's featured later on the same thing happens with Miranda but then we mm. don't get one for Samantha she's introduced like in that setting in the sitting in down. the drag club yeah. sitting down and her thing like it's like she doesn't even contribute to that conversation because she's like women should just fuck like men and that's yeah. like her <laughs> thing which is fucking great I also like we were talking about like 
um, it's interesting these women like at this point in their lives with like the biological clock or whatever it, mm. whatever you want to call it um, mm. Samantha seems to have absolutely like trailblazed like not trailblazed bulldozed through that point in her life like I, yeah, yeah. We're, we're at the other side of it or she never had it <laughs> she's just yeah <laughs> she's not she's not fussed that's so true and it's like you can kind of see I don't think Carrie really wants to have kids either or she I mean it's first episode so we don't know but um Mm. but yeah I think Samantha's definitely just gone through that it was also interesting seeing the two sides in terms of this argument like Samantha being like "Mm, just fuck like men like who gives a shit Mm. like and then um Carrie was it Carrie and Charlotte who were the ones who were like but you know you have to have like you're going to think differently as you get older. Like you have to have a kind of emotional connection with people within a relationship and within sex. And anyway, it was just interesting seeing again, these, like I really enjoy seeing the different perspectives and how it divides the, um, the, I was going to say the quad. What is it? The quad, the squad, the squad. Like, yeah. Um, they are a quad squad. They're quad squad. They're a quad squad. Yeah. Uh, how it kind of divides them. Like even in different episodes coming up, how it's, um, how it's like, yeah, like Carrie and Charlotte are on the one side of the, um, you know, argument and mm. Miranda and Samantha are on another side. And then sometimes, mm. you know, Miranda and Charlotte are on the same um, side. And anyway, I just like that. I just like the them disagreeing with each other because I feel like that's also Absolutely. a nice, a nice, well, that sets up Sex and City nicely. It's like exactly. they're all what friends, they all support um, each other, but they, they disagree with each other too and they call each Absolutely. other out. Absolutely. That's what this article talks about as well as one of the key reasons why it's like so smart. She's written about it like so well, um, just about A, B plot lines and different ways of analyzing the characters, but also that it's like the first show where you don't, you're not, you're thrust into the conversation and you're presented with four different viewpoints. It's like a constant debate and dialect between the characters about, um, about these issues that they're bringing up. Yeah. You know what else is really fucking annoying about, like, sexism and people hating anything that's female? <laughs> is, like, I just think back to this time, and I've probably already spoken about it on this podcast, cast, but when I was talking to my friend Lucy about how her neighbour, um, her neighbour, like, called the council on her because her front garden was too messy because she it was, like, is. living in, like, Campbell or something. Yeah. And then yeah. I was, like, and she told me that. And I was, like, oh, my God, that's ridiculous. And then this business guy in a fucking business suit was like, was like, eh, nah, 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 nah. Oh and like god. mimicked my voice. <laughs> yeah. Oh and my god. Again, it was just I was so furious because it just was this thing of like, oh, because I have a high voice when I get mad, I'm a fucking piece of shit. Fuck you. Oh my god. And, and again, where were you? Were you like on a train? No, I was in Campbell, I think. I, I like oh, I was, he just walked sucks. past us. But it just yeah, but yeah. it was just so ridiculous. <laughs> and again, it was just this idea of like, oh, I have to live my life differently or like put like not be squeaky Mm. be like fucking perfect not be feminine don't have a high voice don't scream any of this shit so i can be respected by a fucking businessman i could have been talking about like apartheid or something you know what i mean yeah i could have been like oh my god that's fucked you know what i mean like (laughs) learning about the first time and he would be like and he probably votes liberal and like fucking you know he's cheats on his wife piece of fucking shit piece of asshole i was like 20 like what are you getting out of this anyway um, but it totally. just reminds me again of like this idea of sex in the city, like men being like, 
like not men but like we're it's projected like society projects this idea of like oh it's a chick's show like yeah when it has these really complex characters and complex stories and they just fall into this one thing of like oh like this female bin of bad yeah being like and then they're just talking about shoes and they're like they are but they're also talking about like their dynamic with each other and like actually it's it's that fucking devil wears prada um, monologue where Meryl Streep's talking about that jumper. Oh my god, that blue jumper. Yeah, yeah and it's yeah, like, yeah, yeah. no, you don't. Yeah, anyway, so oh, I just, you think you don't care about fashion? Yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly. And it's like, uh, le- yeah. Anyway, I just think, yeah, it just reminded me of that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Ugh, it's just um. So, Car- we're also introduced to Carrie um fucking this buck tooth loser guy who's like her, <laughs> yeah. her fuck boy it's the opposite of buck teeth yeah tiny. <laughs> his tiny teeth and like big gums mm. um which is completely fine but he's an asshole but yeah this this idea of like running into your ex and um i really like the kind of um fucking uh stan stanford and carrie moment where he's like oh don't do that and she's like no i'm not gonna do anything and then she like goes and like yes yeah. <laughs> he says he says i don't have the patience to clean up this mess again yes and like, stanford's so cute yeah. <laughs> i him in these episodes that's so funny and i was like oh it's the introduction of the fuck boy in sex in the city because she talks she describes him as someone that she kind of gets a little bit attached to but has but now she sees what it really is great mm. sex no attachments with a fucking asshole so I was like, yeah. oh, it's like a fuck boy. Yeah, and exactly. I, I actually really liked how in this, um, how the kind of catch-22 or like um, no one wins kind of element of that relationship is brought about because Carrie goes and um, has sex with him, but then like make sure she, she has this whole plan thought out and she's like, she comes and then goes to work instead of like finishing him off or whatever. And um, I really like how, yeah, it kind of brings out the catch-22 of the situation because she goes to his house, has sex with him. She's like meticulously thought out this plan where <laughs> she comes and then she doesn't finish him off and she just goes to work um, thinking that she has power and has like won that situation and fucked like a man. Um, but then later on when they bump into each other at the club, he's like, I love that. That was perfect. Like I realized that that's exactly the kind of relationship I want with you. Um, and she's just left confused because that kind of the whole reason of doing it for that power is just taken away so it's like oh well, how do you win in this yeah, yeah i really i really enjoy that too especially because like yeah this idea of um like her like it's like a win for her but also i think that's mm. not the kind of sex that she wants but she still does no. it. you know what i mean she's like yeah I got yeah I fucked up and then she's like <laughs> yeah. like if that's what she did all the time she wouldn't want that because no. she anyway i just, I, just no. really, I really enjoy that too and i really enjoyed him being like yeah that's yes. great like but even the way he started that conversation was so like yuck because he was like i was really pissed off about how you left me this morning it's like yeah like i had to go to work supposedly like what are you talking about anyway like you need to make yeah. me come fuck off well it kind of brings up that interesting thing where it's like what is Sex. what is it to fuck like a like a man or to fuck like these cis men in the early 2000s and now but like it kind of comes down to power as well mm-hmm. because like totally. harry was feeling fine about it as she could like as fine as possible like she seemed pretty confident to me until he was like no that's great that's what i want and then it was like oh no this doesn't feel totally nice or doesn't feel like i have the power in this situation which i think she had before by just getting head and going to work like because that's totally such a like classic like 
masculine thing to to want as well to like get head and go back to work <laughs> make bank you know what i mean like this is what like every like 16 year old like private school boy imagines his future being yeah <laughs> it's um, that's so funny it is interesting as well when we talk about like sex and power and also privilege like mm, i think mm. because women i mean i can um squirt so I don't oh, care. Are like, you serious? The ultimate yeah, I can. <laughs> I, I can. I can square. I choose. I choose not to. Which <laughs> I know, like as in Alex was to be able to do a thing that would always make me squirt, and it was. It's not piss. It's like anyway, whatever. But then I, I then I made him stop doing that because it was such a fucking clean up, and like you just your sheets. Really. Mattress protection is like wet, and you're like, oh. Oh yeah. my god, I'm so jealous right now. That's my one life goal. Yeah, you. You'll be able, I reckon you'll be able to do it. You'll just find a way. Um, you'll be on your deathbed, like, like I literally. Sometimes I'm like. When I'm like thinking I'm in a plane and well, when I used to be in a plane and like landing, you know, when you think, um, would I be okay if I died tomorrow? And I'm like, everything else in my life I'd be happy with, but I would be really upset that I just started that. But I lived a good life, but I never squirted. So was it ever really good? <laughs> I love that. Um, maybe I'll just let, I'll, I'll let you watch me and maybe that will satisfy something in you. Like I've yeah. seen it. I've seen it in the real flesh. <laughs> Um, yeah, but I want to feel it. I want to feel it. Um, I'll, well, how about we just shove some? I'll just shove some water up your vagina, and then you can just push it out and maybe get the sensation. It's like that. Oh, it'll be like that. Yeah, uh, that's what porn stars do. Some okay. Porn stars. Um, really? Thousands. Of, the amount oh. of water coming. Oh my god, ridiculous! Uh, uh, like you'd pass out. <laughs> but what I was gonna say was because men ejaculate, so I feel like, and because women don't always come. Um, I feel like, um, and also because sex isn't always about coming either. It's it's one of those things where like things, okay. So I feel like it's mm-hmm. like if women are like, look, I don't always want to come in sex. Sometimes I just want to have sex. Like it's not, it's totally. not always the end goal of coming because that's something mm-hmm. different to sex. I could masturbate and do that. Like I want, you know, whatever, but I do always come in sex. So well, um, <laughs> yeah. not always, no, but like, you know. But then it's like, imagine if a man turned that around being like, oh, you didn't come, but you know, you never come. So like, whatever, I came, bye. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, it's like, yeah. it's something of like, and I feel like similar to, um, <laughs> similar to with Carrie and stuff, I feel like mm. when we're talking about sex and power, um, I feel like men don't view sex as power. I think they're just privileged enough to be for women to view it as their power because it's their privilege does that make sense like like as in if they're having sex it's like the, mm. it is their power because they already kind of have it they'll have sex and they'll they'll come and they'll leave you know mm. what i mean yeah whereas women to, to be like oh i'm gonna have sex like a man like i'm gonna you know come and leave or whatever but i i'm sure they don't even fucking register it they're just mm. like they're so yeah. privileged and unaware of their own privilege and other people's experiences that they're like well that's just sex yeah totally yeah. does that make sense i feel like i had a better way of explaining it than i wanted to be tangent about squirting so i lost it no no no, no, no. that totally makes sense it's like kind of like this is this this is the this is my life the given circumstances are completely different for both yeah. people and mm. it's even like it's interesting like um and I, I i think this is related but like when um a, women do want to have casual sex with men and then men turn around and say give it context that that didn't exist like say something like oh i just want to keep this casual and it's like i never said oh my god anything no. else or like yeah or, yeah i think like we talk, we will talk about this further down the line as well with um the episodes that come up but just kind of like there's um this mm. kind of 
uh, assumption that all women, which the this show is so good at like unpacking, but like there's this assumption that all women want to like when they have sex, they want to stay and obsess and marry and have babies and stuff like that, especially around the time when this came out. Like like we talked about how it kind of opened doorways for other shows later on and other like mm. conversations about how women and like um just different sexuality and sensuality apart from men as well which i think is interesting definitely um also how yuck would it be to fuck kurt and she was like it's like the one of the (laughs) only episodes where you see like like carrie having sex kind of thing Mm -hmm. you don't see her tits or anything because it was in a contract but um it's yeah she's like oh kurt yeah kurt what a shit name to like kurt harrington or something yeah Yeah. oh kurt oh my god yuck also we um are introduced to mr big this episode Mm -hmm. the first the future donald trump future donald trump (laughs) apparently and in the same i can't remember exactly what it was but in the same like interaction um samantha or carrie talks (laughs) about like being oh yeah (laughs) carrie talks about how samantha could convince someone to run for president and then Samantha goes and flirts with Mr. Big by sucking on a cigar. Oh, yeah. And I'm like, hey. Yes, <laughs> I, I actually uh, yes. really enjoy um, Carrie Mr. Big's first interaction, which is her dropping a personal, their condoms falling out. And also her mm. having her natural brown hair and like this little slinky black dress and like looking mm. fucking cool. That black dress was so nice. Yeah. That was so cute. Yeah. I love like a long sleeve short dress. It's just like, class so cute yeah mm. um and she dropped her condoms and what, what was their interaction what so did they say? he uh he picked up the condoms and gave them to her and i don't know if she like said anything she was like oh thanks and he's like oh all good or whatever and then later on she like turns around and he waves to her that little wave oh yeah that wave is and, a bit off though. yeah that was a bit that weird was like yeah that's a that's a predator's wave that like is a, a half it was wave. like a half hand it was like he was folding his hands. Yes, he was just like, see ya. And he keeps saying, absolutely. Oh, it's yeah. funny. I mean, it was kind of cool. Like, it's um, it's like a nice thing. Uh, that interaction is funny. And it's and she's not like fully head over heels yet. So it's, um, I, I've been enjoying seeing him. Yeah, yeah. Me too. I did a little gasp, which is like dumb. Because like Mr. Big, Mr. Schmig, like who gives a shit? But like... I was genuinely like, oh, it's big. You know what I mean? I don't know. I thought yeah. it was like, yeah, I thought it, <laughs> she's not, she's not making herself small right now. It's really entertaining seeing this guy mm. like fall in love with Carrie in her, like as her most natural self. Cause you're like, yeah, cause Carrie's fucking awesome and you should love her. You know what yeah. I mean? I don't know. And how yeah. good, how good do they establish him as like being Mr. Big? Yeah. Like, Obviously, we know who he is and who he becomes and his relation to Carrie and blah, blah, blah. But, like, the way that this um, kind of comes to be is, like, a pretty amazing. Awesome. And then we – yep, so we meet Big and then we also see – actually, I really like this part about Samantha. Um, so she doesn't get laid by Biggs. And um, on the other hand, Charlotte's been on the stage with a guy um, – who's like in the publishing world and she tries the way that the kind of story flips back on her is that she tries to um, be all proper and like the 
extreme opposite of what Carrie's doing um, in terms of being all ladylike and not sleeping with the guy on the first date. And he's just like ends up getting in the cab with her back home to go to a different club and have sex because he needs to. Um, so anyway, him and Samantha end up hooking up and I kind of really like in the last bit, there's a kind of moment of pause from her, which brings complexity to character because um, they start making it out and he's like, oh, just so you know, um, I've got to get up early in the morning so you can't stay over. And she says, that's fine. I need to get up early too. But she it, it kind of just like the camera closes in on her face a little bit and she looks a little bit like, I don't know, like empty or just like, you know, been I've done the rounds before. Um, and I know what this is like it's almost like she shows her face shows like the pain of just having to live this like you know no feeling soulless kind of life um not that she's soulless but just you know um definitely just, I, I know I, yeah I caught on the, to that too and I it was really nice because it was just yeah like you said it was a moment of pause of just being like like I think Here it was like almost again. like yeah or like just like disappointment just being like yeah, yeah. And even like what Jordan said before it's like I didn't say that I wanted to like marry you also like yeah you know like I you know I'm yeah you saying that is just really yuck mm. like I'd rather just it's like, like yeah you. it's like we already agree but it's just like do we have to put this clause behind it's like it's almost like she's done it so many times probably to people that she's like I get it but it would be nice to just be like you know embraced for who you are as well instead yeah. of just Thing. And it was also nice that immediately after that she got head and she was happy. You know yeah. what I mean? So it was like it was it was a, just a kind of yeah really a moment. nice moment. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And also I thought it was really interesting. I really liked that the guy was like honest with Charlotte, being like, "Well, I want to go have sex." Yeah, I really liked that because it showed this, and also that he does it with Samantha. Yeah, it showed this really interesting thing of like there's totally nothing wrong with not having sex on the first date and being mm. like, you know what. I'm not going to do this. And also Charlotte's dress, I really liked it. It was a really yes, 90s moment, but I loved Charlotte's it. I love a halter. Like I love like a high neck, like sleeveless, silver, mwah, beautiful, love a little it. bit of bling, gorgeous. Um, but yeah, I thought it was really nice being like, it's completely fine if Charlotte doesn't want to have sex with this dude. And I, I liked that as well. And I liked, and she was like, I played the, the date perfectly. This is what I want. That's so great. But also- yeah there's nothing wrong with fucking someone as soon as you meet them. Cause you see those like polar opposites of like Samantha fucking yes. and no one, they both kind of lose something, but also gain something from that. You know what yes. I mean? It was just nice thing. And neither one of them were like, Oh, you know, Charlotte's a prude. Like that's a negative thing that she didn't fuck him or Samantha's a yeah. slut. That's a negative thing that she did fuck him. Like it was kind of no negative, like they were both had negative comments and positive comments on it. Mm. So it just kind of deconstructed yeah. that idea, which I think specifically around this time, which would have been like men are from Mars, women are from Venus. You should fuck on the fifth date kind of bullshit. You know what I mean? Or totally. like never, um, or fuck a man straight away so you can catch him or like, you know, all those kind of mentalities. It was nice to see two opposite decisions and then both kind of working and not working and it not being necessarily commented on. I thought mm. that was quite yeah. nice and clever. I will say this. He could have ordered a second cab. Like part of me is like, you don't yeah. have to tell her. <laughs> oh, no. I, I think he's an arsehole for saying that. I yeah. definitely think he's an arsehole yeah. and inconsiderate. But I also really. We can respect the intention, but not the, the, yeah. not the way that he went about it. Yeah, I don't really, I don't respect him. I just like that that happened as well. Because again, it, it, it's, it, it, it shatters, yeah, it shatters the illusion mm. that this dude is just gonna like, 
it shatters the illusion of like I've done something right by not fucking this dude you know what I mean like I've gained something like yeah he's gonna go crazy after me now and like really want to hold on to me because I haven't fucked Mm. him it's like no that's not true either like that's not how it works no and and it's not it's it's not because the ball's in his court but just this idea of being prim and proper is a way to get a man like that's kind of shattered it's like no he's gonna go fuck someone else now and not that not that you want needed to fuck him but it doesn't you don't gain anything you're not above anything by not fucking him either yeah but yeah and also it's not about him it's about you and it's not like he's going back to his room and yearning and like writing in a diary or something like that he's either gonna like wank to some like fake titty porn or go have sex with somebody else (laughs) like it's not this like hmm (laughs) i must call my mother i'm gonna have so much respect for this woman now yeah (laughs) But even though it's like some guys are like that, I feel like even in the world of Sopranos, um, you obviously have like the whores and the wives who are the holy people. So it's like, um, yeah, it's sort of like I, that notion must have come from somewhere as well. Mm, definitely. Of guys being like, you're a slut if you sleep on the first date or whatever. Oh, absolutely. I think men are awful. Like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> men are men awful and try suck. and dictate the, you know, women lives and like that. But <laughs> yeah. I just think it was nice seeing both sides of it and totally. kind of, it, it was kind of like the realization of like everything's meaningless you know what I mean yeah like, you can never win but also you can never lose if you're in control exactly. you know what I mean yeah exactly so what do you guys rate this episode then out of 10 I think this is a I'm gonna give it a nine out of ten, only because I don't think it's perfect that. at all. I don't think it's like I think it's weird the talking to cameras, all that kind of stuff. But mm. I think it is such a good pilot episode for this series as a whole. And like having seen the series multiple times, I'm like, this is beautiful. And I also exactly. love, I, I love the way they've done it. It feels very New York. It almost feels like a Broadway play in a sense. Mm-hmm. I think it's camp, and I think it it covers a lot. And it really, I think it like really it's quite emotional too this episode like I think it really tugs at the heartstrings in a really unconventional way absolutely it's really nice I give it a nine out of ten I was gonna say a nine as well for all those reasons it's so nice watching it back after you've gone through that journey as well with all of them and it just makes you feel like young and fuzzy inside so um it's a nine (laughs) yeah yeah it's a nine from me Oh, fuck yeah. I give it a 10. It's the pilot episode. Fun. <laughs> it's so fun. And I thought that the introduction to the characters is really good. Um, mm. We didn't spend a lot of time on um, Miranda on this episode, but mm. we will get to Miranda. We'll get there. Her. Yeah. Miranda yeah. will get to us. Um, <laughs> I, I, oh, I also want to like quickly just on the topic of Miranda. I really love Miranda. I think we all do. And I think that it's so interesting that like growing up, we were told to hate her. And like Mm. in this episode as well, I feel like they really wanted to paint her as this like drudge drudge. But I also loved what she was (laughs) saying and what she was talking about. So 10 out of 10 from Moi. Beautiful. Awesome. Well, that was the first episode of Sex and the Sex in the Sex. Please subscribe to us. Follow the next yep. episodes. Please. Please. We're Please. revamping. We're making it good. We're tw- yep. almost all in the 27 club. New things yeah. are coming. <laughs> Share it. I might be dead soon. Yeah, uh, yeah we're all going to start um, yeah. some dying off. <laughs> Not until I squirt, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, you can send us an email at sex and the sex and the sex. Sex and the sex in the sex at gmail.com <laughs> follow us on instagram interact with us we need it more than you know yes. all right all right bye thanks bye